Well, hello, everybody. I'm the main host this week. Hello, this Radio Dustin Faulkner <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> we live here in Joanna. Goldsville. I do got one kind of, a one I think is going to be a neat, something that just dawned on me the other day. We're going to bring it up here in a minute. Oh, we do got some stuff to talk about. We, man. I'm so dumb. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about how you like him. No, we ain't talking about that shit because I could have got down or just now I want to talk about things. <laughs> Hey, sir. There's payback coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to forget about it. It'd be the way. He'll do some shit like put a fanny pack on at the Grand America or something. <laughs> I'm going to get it. You're listening to Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Hounds Tooth Podcasting Network where we explore anything and everything coon hunting and listen to coon hunting stories from across the nation that include cryptids, the paranormal, the unexplained, and a whole hell of crazy. I'm Daniel Felker, your host. Join me and my buddies, Dustin Faulkner and Ryan James, as we explore into the confidential side of coon hunting. Warning, some material may not be suitable for children. What's going on, everybody? We want to welcome y'all to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. Joined today with the same old crew. We got the Houndstooth Mafia. Got Dustin sitting directly in front of me. Hello. And then we got Ryan to my right. Howdy. How do? Man, I hope everybody had a happy and safe, uh, I about said Thanksgiving. I meant to say Halloween. Didn't get caught up by no devil worshippers and sacrificed or eaten or anything like that. And hopefully didn't nobody get no little pieces of meth in the Halloween candy or razor blades or anything else like that. Yeah. So. Well, damn, Daniel. I just yeah. don't feel like I would want to waste meth. <laughs> if I was a Dustin wouldn't waste his meth on no kids. <laughs> I ain't going to waste mine on no kids. <laughs> the first batch is free. <laughs> Man, we got a little updating to do as far as we got to go back because before I forget about it, because, well, you know, we mentioned the Douglas house and the, the Hound of Goshen Hill. Well, Ryan and I went hunting last week, before, that would have been before Halloween, right before Halloween, and uh, I had a guy call me and tell me exactly how to get to the old house place. And so, are we about to incrim- We can't incriminate our damn self. Well, see, I know who owns that place now, and they you, you could be in there. Ain't gonna care. Daniel and somebody he knows. Me and Ryan, I'm not. I'm not worried about that, man. I'm not incriminating. I'm. I'm kind of hurt that I wasn't invited. It was a spur of the moment. I mean, when did we go? Was it last? It was about 10, 15 years ago. Statute of limitations. <laughs> <little point. laughs> no, it wasn't. It was at midnight. We got to tell the story because it was weird. It was strange, dude. We pull up. First off, there's a house like right down the road. Down, it's like, we're about to get out. Like, no, the hell we ain't. Well, see, that house, was in, that house was abandoned. But once we figured this out, we pulled back up and a squirrel was barking. At and midnight? At like midnight. Full moon? No, it was dark outside. And the hmm. squirrel was like, quick, 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 quick. I was like, listen. That's our sign. Let's just leave. But you know how Daniel is. He's trying to see some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we go up through there. And then Cody start barking. 
No, that no, so, you get you no, got listen, you I'm gotta to back up it, because hey, the coyotes didn't start barking until you was like, Hey, yo, here it is, I found it. And as soon right. as you said that coyotes start barking, right? How far so, were they? How far you say they was? They was like two hundred, maybe. They wasn't that far. They I thought they was like fifty. They was right there on top of us. They was a little further than fifty. They might have been a hundred yards, hundred and fifty yards. But they was close on each side of us. So I walk up to this place. And all of a sudden, there's like four or five sets of eyes, and they moving around real fast and stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, look at them. Look at them damn coyotes. I was like, what is the damn chances? Of? I was like, they're going to try us, dude. I ain't never seen. I ain't never had that shit happen. So I'm like, what are the chances tonight it does happen? We're fooling about with the happy dog. Hmm. I thought it was weird that we had two packs. We had a pack in front and a pack behind us. So we rushed them. We didn't. And they were. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did walk toward them. We did. And it was deer. <laughs> the it weird deer. thing it was was we had coyotes on either side, the front and behind us, cutting up. And we had deer all around just watching us. They didn't pay them coyotes any attention. It just felt strange. It, it was a weird feeling in there. The only place where the sure. old house place was was these weird dead-looking trees that grew up like like vines or something. It looked like something you would see on the set of The Wizard of Oz in that little creepy-ass forest they had. It did. And it was very it was it it was a weird feeling in there. But the chimneys were freaking awesome. I know why they looked spiral. I know why they looked spiral. Because they was offset for the top. Yeah, chimney. that yeah they had the offset for the top one. Because yeah. I got to thinking about this that night and I was asses. like. It spirals. And then I got looking at that other hole, and I was like, well, it can't go straight up because it'll be blowing smoke out that other chimney, out of the fireplace. So it had to spiral around, and then it probably spiraled back it in. in one other yeah. But they were pretty cool. That mm. They were really neat looking. And, uh, man, I left out of there one of them pre-Civil War bricks, and it still got the fingerprint indentions in it. I ain't told you about that, have I? I ain't told you about that. Dude, I need to go get it and bring it down here when we get done recording. It's at the house. Have you looked on yours to see if there's fingerprints? So, I don't have one, Bo. So, you tell a damn lie. Since I wasn't invited, let's just put it out there. Y'all went trespassing and thieving. No, hell no. We did not. <laughs> and I well, don't see, got one. Well, see, I do got one. And, yes, we went trespassing. And I felt No, the f- we did not. Daniel and somebody, <laughs> he's buddies with me trespassing. <laughs> And Daniel got a brick. Man, you being a Rudy Poo. <laughs> I'm not being Rudy <laughs> like, like, I ain't going. I'm not going to jail. That is stupid as fuck. See, <laughs> the guy if, that if told you me, he was to like. the littler crimes, though, you can get away with the bigger ones. I ain't. I didn't. I wasn't I felt, there, I felt I like know about it. I felt like it's, that's like below a misdemeanor. If you didn't get caught trespassing, I feel like you can't I ain't got charged, no money to pay for nothing, nor do I want them to have to deal with any sort of law. Like I say, if you didn't get caught on that property, you can't be charged. No way. I don't think. I wouldn't there. Was was the stairs still standing? Nope. Okay. No stairs, just chimneys. Just chimneys, bro. What I was told. And dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> See, my my daddy my daddy brought me a book called Fields of Our Fathers. Oh, our father's fields. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, this is right back there on the desk. And man, that song on stick, but this dude has put the history. He researched the fool out of that. Huh. And there's a part in there where it talked about the oaks. We found this big old oak tree 
and it's the biggest oak tree in the forest. It's the biggest oak tree I've ever seen in my entire life. It is so big. And uh, I got to reading in that book, it talked about there was this one particular red oak that was like the marquee oak of the oaks plantation. That's what that was called. The it's oaks. at least six foot, seven foot wide. It's if huge. It, if it ain't eight. It's, I mean, is that the biggest oak tree you've ever seen? If it ain't the biggest, it's one of them. It's huge. And it's still alive, man. The top of it is like completely broke off. And there's a hole in it. The whole bottom is hollow, but you can see there's like limbs coming off of it that still had green leaves all over it. And that sucker was huge. It's bigger around. It's bigger around than this table is. I stuck my walking stick all the way through it and couldn't touch the other side. And you know how long his walking stick is. Dude, this walking stick is fanny pack wearing bitch. <laughs> wear a fanny pack one time <laughs> i will <laughs> i can't wait probably be at the grand american probably catch you making a corn dog or something doing it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we found a douglas we, we found all that we go over all that anyway let's talk about coon hunting man did we look at a coon that night that's when we went we ran into three two different people ran into one person we was getting ready to turn loose and we heard a dog and then we ran into chase Stamper. we didn't look at no coon we didn't look at no coon. We trade one in a hole. And we don't know it was either a fox or a coon. And we're going to go with a coon because it makes us feel a little bit better about yeah. our dogs. They treed some in between there and that hole. Yeah, they bumped a couple of trees, but then they ended it in a hole. So Like a mile and a half away. Or like 1.4. It was. That ain't but a tenth off from a half. That's a mile and a half. If you take into account from the where hills we that you got to walk, Keisha disappeared, bro. I had to get her by the back leg, like, get your ass out of hole. <laughs> but see, it, man, it, it was like 500-something yards away and couldn't even hear them because the hill that was between us was so doggone big, and they was in the hole, and then the wind picked up. Thank God for Garmin's. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of, speaking of tracking equipment, have any, either one of y'all looked into or thought about the Pathfinder to do dogs for Pathfinder too? I don't know nothing about it. No. I kind of looked at it, but then I was like, nah. I was like, unless Dogtra wants to start talking like sponsorship or some shit like that, then we'll talk. But other than that, till then, I'm sticking with Garmin. Man, my Garmin paid for. It runs. I mean, it is it time for a new one, so they want to. Uh, that's the only thing that's going to make me consider Dogtra. I'll try them out. They send me one to try it, I'll try it. Until then, I'm not going to buy one. Will Fat Boy approve it? Or disapprove it, one or the other. I don't, I don't like the fact that it hooks to your phone and don't have its own handheld, man. Oh, my phone out. battery dies quick yeah, enough as it is. I'm I, out, ski man. I just, I, I, I'm a Garmin man, babe. Yeah, I'm a I Garmin like fella. I like Garmin because it all hooks. I got my drive track in my truck. I got my watch on my wrist. Everything just connects up. You can track your other, you can track people's dogs. You can link up Garmin handhelds. There's just so many features that I. Yeah, I was tracking Ryan when we were squirrel hunting last week. I just don't see. It. I just been seeing a lot of stuff. People talking about the Pathfinder too. How much better it was than the original Pathfinder, and all of that. But maybe it is. I I don't know. 
I didn't ever have to Pathfinder one to know. I what didn't, it was I like. It's gonna boil down to what kind of phone you got. See, which of them, one of them at one time was coming out with it, it? It came with a cell phone. The Pathfinder did, but they I don't think they offered that no more. It was one of them indestructible phones. Yeah, but I I think I don't think they offer that package no more. I think it's all off of an app, isn't it? Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta download like a Daldra app, and you download the maps and stuff, and that's all on your phone. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm stick with Garmin. Like I said, unless they want to talk business about something else, I'm, mm-hmm. we're sticking with Garmin. I just been seeing that. I just I, I don't see nothing overtaking Garmin. But anyway. Y'all got anything anything you want to chit chat about? Mm. I got something. I mean, I got something I've thought of that I want to bring up. I'm curious what other people think about Tell this. Tell us about it then. Well, I'm thinking what because you know I've been hearing a lot of people talk about digital currency, Federal Reserve wanting to roll out a digital currency, all this other stuff. The devil. What? What? How is a digital currency going to affect something like PKC? Because see, now you can do a thirty-five dollar hunt. The government don't keep up with. I don't necessarily know that they report that if over a certain amount of earnings in a year has to be reported turned in. But if they start going to a digital currency, they're gonna keep up with every bit of that. So how or I don't know. I'm just wondering: is is PKC really thought about that or the money hunt entries? Because they're gonna have to pay back in a digital currency. Just in general, if they go to a digital currency, that means they can track your spending, which ain't none of their business. It's my money. I work for it. Exactly. Well, it also means that they could decide that. You can't buy nothing no more because they control the digital currency. Y'all can forget that shit ever happening for one reason and one reason. Only. Oh, it's happening. It's coming. No, it ain't. How the hell? Nobody will be able to buy drugs. They can't do that shit. Think about how many people's on drugs. Oh, it's coming. I've heard that the IRS has talked about rolling one out pretty close to the first of the year. It better be rolling one up, passing that some chapbooks <laughs> <laughs> they can <laughs> buy drugs. They're going to lose their shit. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's inevitable. I feel like it's coming. It's just too much stuff. I mean, the Bitcoin and, I and all like these other digital currencies. That that's high water. Hey, dudes I, I thought in about here. this. It is high water. Hey, dudes. But I thought about this the other night at work. You know, I was talking about. I was thinking about like digital currency, and then the thought dawned upon me. It's like self. What is PKC gonna do? Well, listen, there's bigger if, problems than PKC if they do some shit like that. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm like. PKC. It's going to be bigger problems. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. We're sitting there worried about PKC. Yeah, that's the devil, dude. Like he just said, they're going to be able to limit your spending. Hold on, PKC is the devil or digital currency? The digital currency. Oh, okay, I got so, you. Yeah, there's going to be ways. Ain't nobody going to be like, oh my God, PKC's screwed. But see, you know, there's a lot of them that's wanting to push for a social credit score. And so... They're wanting to push a social credit score, just like in China. So if you get so much, oh, well, you scored this, you scored because I ain't doing that shit. you were I with this and with this. It. I just know I don't want to talk about it. I ain't doing it. <laughs> it's coming. I also feel like 
Nobody that listens to our show wants to listen to this shit. Nobody wants to get on here and listen to politics. No, no, I'm not talking politics. We We're talking social politics. credit score. Or, we might or well be talking digital, politics. digital currency to enter a competition hunt. I think it's too deep. I'm like, man, if that happens, the last thing I'm going to be concerned about is how do I give PKC $35? <laughs> <laughs> Joke. I just ain't gonna care. <laughs> but life's going life will go on. One way or another. And life goes on. I don't know. I just feel like it I don't know. Vote red, people. <laughs> it don't matter. <laughs> Two wings of the same bird. Anyway. We're gonna tear y'all at that little bastard. <laughs> what about squirrel hunting? Y'all went squirrel hunting the other day. Yeah, we How'd sauteed you? a few of them. How'd y'all, how'd they dogs look? Well, mine stayed in the box. Mine's got little dog syndrome. Yeah. Ryan's dog don't, don't like my big dog. She don't like big dogs. What she want to do, eat her up? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want a tree. And then she wanted to buck up to her a little bit. And it was just like, she was too busy prancing around trying to, she, she quit treeing. She didn't want to squirrel hunt no damn more because that other dog was around. It was weird. Which mine was being kind of dumb, too. Like, we only walked her into the first tree. And instead of going hunting, she wanted to walk with us, which is not normal for her. Kind of weird. So, I just put her back in the box. The whole situation was just strange for him. Yeah. And then the Toyota, I had to park it on the side of the game management road and let it cool down because it blowed a pinhole in one of the coolant hoses that was overheating on us. Well, dang, I ain't know nothing about all that. Yeah. I think we killed four squirrels, maybe. Yeah, we we killed four. I think we treed seven times, something like that. What'd you do? How'd you, uh, what'd you do with your Toyota? Like, did you just. I fixed it on the side of the road. You let it cool down and operated when we got back. Yeah. When when we got back, I just took the hose off and shortened it up and put it back together. The boy's a genius. It is nice having something old like that that you can work on on the side of a of a government road. I know it sucks changing tires on a government road. I did that one time. It might suck, but at least it's doable. Matter of fact. Short beats walking. Dude, man, the jack that came with my truck, it was the very, ah, dang, I hit the table. It was the very first night Echo ever ran and treed her own coon, her first coon, and she ran that sucker a long ways. And I was coming back out of that gravel road, and I got to realize, like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I'm having to get out and change my tire. And the jack that come with my truck, it wouldn't jack it all the way up. I had a bunch of, like, junk mail and magazines and stuff in my truck at that time. And I had to get <laughs> all that stuff out of my truck to put up under that jack he to get it up. cribbing timbers out of magazines. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to use that because there was nothing else for me to – I couldn't get the tire up off the damn ground. I was pissed, happen, dude. Bro. I'm looking at the Garmin, my dog showing treed, and she ain't showed treed. This is her very first time, and here I am wasting 45 minutes to an hour trying to figure out how to get my change to start off with. I didn't know I had to have a key. It was weird. I didn't know nothing about changing the tire on that Chevrolet. I do now, but I had no idea how to get my dog on spare tire out from up underneath it. I didn't know you had to put your key in, turn that little thing. There's like a little uh, open hole. 
Yeah, and the and the and the bumper, yeah, the and hole the bumper. that you open, and then you run your rod through. Yeah, and it's got a square end on it, and you got to let that tongue gun down. It's it's pretty aggravating. It yeah. was aggravating because I didn't. And know you nothing. had to do that before you went to the tree. Hell yeah, I was trying oh, to ride terrible. around. I was trying to ride around over there to the four wheeler trails. I bet you was raising cane. No, I was. I was. I wasn't raising cane. I was just trying to get it done like as fast as possible. Everybody, if you anybody no joke, knows that, that feeling, one, you got a young. Yeah, it was her first time she oh, ran shit. a tree. Oh shit. And it, I mean, anybody that fools with young dogs, it's kind of like that. That's feeling like you you want to get in there to them, mm-hmm. and it's a. But it didn't it didn't affect her any. She stayed she stayed the whole entire time, which she was showing treed. But I didn't know until she was treed till I got over there, and I just thought she might have been sitting or something like that. And then when I got a little walking down this road bed, I got a little bit closer. I could hear she was cutting up. I bet you was high stepping it. Then. I was. I was moving. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just the little things that I we was running. See, those are the little things that, as coon hunters at night and stuff, that you know, I felt like I should have been a little bit more prepared for in the event of, and I wasn't prepared for that at all. It's a hard thing to be prepared for. Like, I don't even have a spare tire on the Toyota. I just got a, a tire in the back. No. Uh, I got a plug kit. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> it's better than fix a flat, but a plug kit and then a air a little, compressor that yeah, plugs into your plug cigarette in lighter. Yeah, I had to put a cigarette lighter in that thing when I bought it. I might need one. I got a Toyota I'm fixing up, and I don't feel like I'm ever going to get the daggone thing fixed up. But but it ain't eating nothing. It ain't doing that. But it, I think I'd rather feed it. It'd be cheaper to feed it than the doggone what it costs to fix it because parts are not cheap. So I got a list of parts and stuff I need done on that Toyota if I can get it on the road. But, man, I won't, I've had it since, what, April, March, April, something like that, and I'm ready to get it going. But anyway. It's getting dark outside. Yep. Man, let's uh let's go on and get into this story and we can play this. This guy out of Pennsylvania. He's a cur dog man. We're not gonna give away the name of the we'll let him tell what breed of or what line of mountain curs that he hunts with. And then uh man, we're gonna we're gonna come back after that conversation and we're gonna talk about it a little bit. So we're gonna get on into this and I hope y'all enjoy it and we'll be back in a minute and talk about it. Hey, if you're looking for a really good light, what's the best light on the market, Ryan? It'd be a bright eyes. It's so bright. It's been rumored that people have seen shit from the 1800s with it. That's a rumor. And I hear that heat seeker will burn a dingleberry off a Sasquatch ass at 200 yards. It's pumping the daylight in. Nah, for a really good light, go over to brighteyes.com. Check them out. Enter this promo code, houndstooth. One word, H O U N D S T O T H. Internet promo code 5% off that light. I mean, they sell it or sell. Yeah, absolutely. They go on that website, they'll be impressed. They buy one, they'll be even more impressed. Use that promo code Houndstooth. One word, H O U N D S T O O T H. Put that in, get your new heat seeker. We appreciate it.
Hey, man, what's happening? How you doing? All right. Hey, can you hear us pretty good? Yeah, I can hear you pretty good. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm up on a ridge top. I had to get out. I, I live down in a valley. All right. There's no service down there at all, so I had to go up on top of the hill. So Way back in there. So how's coon hunting season going in Pennsylvania so far? Well, it ain't in yet. It's uh, not this weekend. Next weekend it comes in. Ah, I didn't know that. I I figured the weather would be right up there for y'all to have season in already. They, uh, it's always the end of, uh, it's like the last week or so of, of October every year. And then our squirrel season, in the last couple of years, it's been coming in the 1st of September every year. So it's, you know, normally it's right a week before cane season comes in. But I, I don't normally mess with leaves, and there's still a lot of leaves on here. I mean, they're coming down, but uh, there's a lot of oak leaves yet, and a lot of hickory and stuff. So, Yeah, ours are still covered. Slam up. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I can only imagine down there. I've been down to Grand American before, and I couldn't believe there's some of the stuff I've seen green there. <laughs> yeah. In January. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't get nowhere near the amount of snow that y'all get. No, I know you don't. I got family down in there somewhere. Uh, I have family in Florida as well, so I understand that. Yeah, you guys don't get much at all. Nah, not much at all. Well, man, I was sitting here. Uh, we were just sitting here chewing the fat before we got on the phone, and I was telling them that you hunt curves. So, uh yes. Tell us a little bit about your curves and stuff. Before we start getting into your story, we want to know what kind of curves you hunt and know a little bit about them. Uh, I actually hunt uh, original mountain curves. Um, they're from uh, jukebox kennels. Uh-oh, uh-oh, hold on. Uh-oh. We'll give them applause just because some of the... We Them's our buddies. Hell, they are, fr well, they are friends. How about that? They are friends. We can't have buddies right now. <laughs> we, we met them up at the... Oh, God, like Autumn Oaks. They was cool. They was cool as could be. Yeah, they are. They're real real good people. I've known them for uh, almost 11 years now. Thank you. Yep. So tell us a little bit. Uh, do you dual purpose or you you mainly coon hunt or what do you do? Uh, I'm a coon hunter that squirrel hunts. I'll put it that way. I've coon hunted since 95, and I've had about every breed of hound there was, and I've had different types of hounds uh, or curs rather i've had feist uh and i i got into mountain curs about 17 years ago and uh they were the ones i had they had jukebox in them and they were busher bred uh, as well and i used them for everything coon squirrel like dug groundhogs you know um flush bird we have a lot of stock pheasant here in the, in the fall and winter so i use them to flush pheasant with you know um and then I'd met Chuck at a hunt in uh, Laurelville, Pennsylvania, which is about, I'd say about 45 minutes east of me in the foothills. And uh, I, I met him and I was telling him that I was going to breed a Kemmer to, to what I had. I had a female Kemmer at the time and I was going to make that cross. And he told me, he said, nah, don't, don't, don't do that. Buy, uh, try one of my dogs, you know? So I did. And uh, she's one of the best females I ever owned. She's going to be 11 in uh, April of next year. Right on. And, uh, she's a dual purpose dog. Squirrel during the day. She got a big, big mouth on her. I'm sure you've seen videos I've shared on Facebook. Uh, she's just booming on the tree. She jacks the tree. Uh, every breath she's barking. 
Uh, she's got a real good locate on her for a cur dog. Uh, and I've have, I have her son. Um, he's, uh, he's, uh, going to be seven years old in May of next year. And, uh, he's the same way coon hunt at night, squirrel hunt during the day, you know, um, pretty much. I, I just keep them as uh, critter getters. You know, I hunt everything. So Meat dogs. I don't, uh, I'm not too prejudiced about what I hunt, but, uh, I like a dog like that because I work day shift, you know, and I can't get out during the day to squirrel hunt, but I can coon hunt, you know. And if I get time off, I can squirrel hunt, so. A good meat dog. Ain't nothing wrong with having that. I had one, too. I don't have her now. Rest in peace, ain't it? Hey, when, uh, did, did, how do I want to say this? When you would go coon hunting, did you ever have a, a problem, like, right there at dark, them kind of wanting to bang up on a squirrel or a tree or two before they get off on a coon like yeah they will do that um and the, the rule of thumb with me is i try to hunt a little ways after dark like this time of year it gets dark it's getting dark now uh and by the time coon season gets here it's going to be you know i try to go out at between 7 30 8 o'clock you know what i mean after you know a little ways after dark um it, it really depends where you hunt at you know what i mean um it seems like i have trouble with flying squirrel we have a lot of flying squirrel here um, there's nights if it's moonlit, I'll bump a couple of them, but you know, uh, it's not really too bad. I've had the, the biggest problem was gray squirrel, uh, in big woods. Um, I've had some instances where I couldn't find a coon and here I've seen them little beady eyes and, and shot out a gray squirrel. So, but, uh, that was, you know, it don't happen a lot, you know, yeah, we've seems been like there before. I have more trouble with possum. We have a really bad possum population in the last couple of years here. No one wants to kill them. And uh, I usually get a bunch of them. I kill every one of them I see. I had a cur dog that she broke herself off of possums. We killed so many. She just finally didn't yeah, tree them anymore. Yeah, they're nasty. I, I can't stand them things. Me either. I can't stand them either. But I um, swear to run them over on the road. <laughs> <laughs> they are nasty. They are some nasty, ugly looking. I, I can't stand a possum. Yeah, but, I don't, I don't, I won't even skin one of them. And them dogs get a hold of it and they'll tear them things in half and stink, you know. I don't know if there's any truth to it. I heard um, an older guy, I don't want to say his name, but I heard him say that if a, a heavy pop, a uh, possum population will actually run the coons out of the area. Yeah, that could have something to it, you know. I know there's one spot I know of in particular um, that. I thought it would have been loaded with coons, mm-hmm. and it was the opposite. I seen, man, I could walk through the woods and see 15 possums, and I think I've treed, I treed one coon in that area. And wow, so it, it was actually a guy was going to let me, it's a long story. It was kind of like a lease, but it was like going and check the land out to, and hunt it before I was going to like pay the lease on it to coon hunt. And there was like so many freaking coons, and I had, I went a long ways for my dog tree to coon. It, I mean, there were so many possums. It was loaded with possums. Well, that's like I said last year. That's the way it was for me last year. I hunted three days last season. That's all I hunted, uh, with the fur being down. And you know, I hunt fur, and uh, you know, I squirrel hunt. I did more squirrel hunting last year than I've than I've done in quite a few years. But you know, I hunted three nights, and I said, hell with this. It was it was all possum, you know. And I was hunting a lot of state land, and I have, you know, a lot of coal company property here. We're in coal country. I'm just southwest of Pittsburgh, and uh, 
we're in you know a lot of a lot of public hunting here there's a lot of state land there's a lot of coal mine land that you can hunt it's public access you can hunt it uh but it's tough it's rough terrain uh but uh yeah like i said it was just it wasn't a good season so i just said to hell with it and i just squirrel hunting but uh yeah i, I use them dogs for everything and, and like I say that's that's a good a good line of a dog that's one that i would keep near and dear myself you know i've had them like i said going on 11 years i ain't knocking you know any of the other lines out there but they've been really easy to start you know uh real hard tree dogs and they're gamey and gritty you know what i mean so i ain't heard nothing but good about jukebox stuff yeah, they're, they're gritty dogs man i love them yep well man tell us about like the terrain before kind of like leading up into the story that you uh sent me an email about kind of like yeah, yeah. in the terrain because um well i'm really really close to west virginia if that helps uh and it's a lot, lot of, uh it's kind of like river bottom type you know valleys and big steep hills and and then if you go north of me uh it's rolling hills you know but uh, a lot of the places I hunt are south of where I live at, near West Virginia, and it's really steep. And the area that I was in was, um, it was just, uh, it's probably about seven miles north of me. And uh, it's river bottom type, you know what I mean? It's not real bad. It's not as bad as some of my spots, but it's uh, state land. And uh, uh, there's a big creek runs through it. Uh, not a lot of houses. There's houses on the back of this property. I think there's uh, a couple thousand acres of state land there, at least, in that area. Uh, and there's roads around it, you know, but there's just two roads that run down through it. And, you know, I'm sure there's somebody in my area listening or going to listen to this, you know. I'm, I'm not going to say where this is at, but uh, it's a really big state game lands here, and it's pretty popular. And I wouldn't expect this, you know, what I've seen to happen there of all places you know oh yeah I, I know exactly what you mean i mean there was houses there's a house about a mile down at the bottom of the road and it's been there someone just built it and then there's you know houses up on the top road it's about two miles away because i rode my dogs this is a gravel road i rode them in the summertime just to condition them and uh there's houses on the back side of where i seen this at across the creek here and it's about uh, about 600 yards up over. There's a farm up there that boundaries those game lands. And I mean, you know, a place like that, you would never think you'd hear or see what I've seen. You know what I mean? It's kind of strange. But I've been like, I've been doing this since I was a little kid. You know, and I've never seen anything. Uh, I've hunted cemeteries. I've hunted uh, Ohio and West Virginia, and I've hunted Maryland. Uh, I've never. <laughs> I've never seen anything weird, you know, other than people, you know, <laughs> drug addicts and people screwing, you know, in cars. That's about it. That's about it right here <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> it's getting weird. Whitmire, Pennsylvania. It's getting, weird. it's getting weirder around here, though. I ain't going to lie. Well, here, too, they're stealing a lot of copper out of people's houses around here. Damn, Joe. They're doing all kinds of crazy shit now. So. They couldn't cut converters off of cars here. That's the big thing now. Yeah, but I mean, as as far I don't know when you want me to get into the story, but it's not very you know it's not very long, not really detailed. It's just something you know, and, and there's something after that I'll tell you that a cop told me years prior that I didn't really believe. But I mean, maybe that could have been what it was. I don't know. 
you know, but I don't think it was nothing, you know, Bigfoot related or not that, you know. Tell us about it. All right. Uh, it, this happened in, uh, 2014. It was in September and, uh, loaded my dogs up at a, uh, old Ford Ranger and, uh, throwed them in the rig. I had a rig dog box that I'd made because I, I used to rig them dogs too, um, years ago. And, uh, I threw them in there and I was driving, driving out. It takes, you know, about 15 minutes from where I was living at. I was living in town of Claysville at the time. And, uh, took me about 10, 15 minutes to get out there. And, uh, I got out there and started down the road. You'd come off the top road and you'd go down on the lower road and you'd follow it out and it'd come down, it'd follow a Creek, you know, well, I always went to the first or second spot. There's like pull off and they're usually a cornfield across that Creek and right right where i always pull off on the first spot that creek bends around and uh there's a you know set of woods there behind it and right on a bend there in that bottom there's corn well that year there wasn't no corn in there i figured well i'll give it a go you know i had my radio up pretty loud you know uh pull in there and whenever i pull in there the way you pull into it your headlights hit that bank well, on that bank, there was, a, there was a cluster of maple trees there, you know, big enough to cut firewood. And uh, I pulled in there, and I seen these trees shaking. And I, automatically, I froze, turned the radio down, and I could hear a canine with my truck running. Sound like it was getting, you know, it was whimpering. And I was like, what the hell is it? Because there used to be a lot of coon hunters, you know, in my area. And I thought someone was messing with me. So I turned the truck off real quick, and I thought, well... I'm going to dump the box. So I dumped the box. The dogs all took off in full cry. They went about 400 yards and then nothing. And they come back within about five, 10 minutes. They were all back. So I don't know what it was. I'd never seen nothing. I just seen that tree shaking and heard that noise. How big, so was, like, the, how big was the tree? There was a cluster of them. They weren't saplings. They were big enough you cut firewood out of them. It's probably... Uh, Oh, okay. The size a of a cluster. steering wheel, you know, on a small car. They weren't, you know, at the base. They weren't real big, you know what I mean? But they, the tops of these trees were shaking violently, you know, and it was, and I heard that noise, but I didn't see nothing, you know. There wasn't nothing in the tree. I didn't see nothing around the tree, you know what I mean, with my headlights. And I wasn't there looking with my, <laughs> with my coonut light. I just dumped the box and figured if it was somebody messing with me, I'd figure it out quicker. If it was a critter, they'd go after it. Well, they did. They went after it. It took it clean out of, you know, clean up over that hill. And that's about 400 yards where it borders that farm. And that's whenever they, they lost it. And they eventually, like I said, they come back. And uh, I called my buddy and I said, hey, you got to get down here, man. We got to figure out what the hell this was. And we spent, I bet you, two hours trying to get back on it. We never did. So, you know, that's my story. And, you know, that's the only weird thing I've ever seen coon hunting. How far away were you from in Pennsylvania from Mr. Johnny's? Where, where kind of where? I'm 20 minutes north of him. I'm about 20 minutes north of him. He's actually uh, not that far away. He's about 20 miles or so. He ain't that far. That's just a could have been the same critter. Jump could have been. To me, I, I find the strangeness of his not being able to the track stopped at four. He just disappeared couldn't get back on it yeah that's that's the weird part like, there was four dogs on there there was there was um two veteran dogs on that you know that were older dogs and they you know 
neither one of them is scared of nothing, you know, and that the rest of them were jukebox dogs and they just the other two and they went after it, you know, just carrying on. <laughs> I just got done telling them how two good cur dogs stop anything that's in the bushes. Yeah. Like I said, I, I never, I never have any fear when I'm hunting, you know what I mean? I've never really, I'm a fourth generation coon hunter, you know, I, you know, I just go out coon hunting by myself mostly, you know. There's really nobody around now that coon hunts here. So what the police tell you? What's that? You saying you had something to say about what the police? Oh, okay. Uh, about it was in 2006. I had a four wheeler stolen when I was in Claysville, and uh, I lived just outside of a town of Claysville on a main route, main toll route there. And uh, my four wheeler got stolen, and I knew this chief of police there for the township. And he had told me whenever we were talking, he thought he knew where my four-wheeler was. Some local might have had it in a barn or something, you know. And uh, he was telling me that uh, he had to go on a call. Uh, there was some loggers, not very far from where that happened to me. There were some loggers um, that had said there was deer up in trees. And they didn't know what the hell it was, you know. And he went to investigate it, and I guess he had... Uh, his dash cam caught a mountain lion go in front of the car. Uh, and I didn't really believe that, but he told me the picture was it. I guess there was a picture and it was a Cabela's in, in Wheeling, West Virginia, which is, you know, the next, was it literally where I lived at was right on the line. There was you know, two exits inside PA, you know, before you get into West Virginia and that's where the Cabela's was there. But I guess the picture was up there. I never really put two and two together until that happened to me. And I kind of thought, well, maybe that was a cat, you know, but I didn't see nothing. And I, I wasn't looking at that way that tree was shaking. I just wanted to get them dogs on it. At least I'd have proof, you know. Might've been a cat. He might've been gnawing on a critter up there hollering. Well, it could, he shake like, a, could he shake a cluster? Like, go ahead. Sorry about that. I was just saying, could a, can a cat shake a cluster of trees like that? Yeah. I mean, they were real close together. You know, they were, they, the trees were real close together and they were shaking the whole tops these things were shaking you know what i mean it, it sounded like a dog was getting his ass whooped is what it sounded like to me you know hmm. and it, it was just whimpering to beat hell and it it's after i got out of the, the the truck it stopped you know everything stopped and i dumped them dogs and it was on you know but i don't know what i don't know what it was i didn't see no blood no nothing so you got no like no tracks or anything no, I, I didn't see nothing, man. I, I, that's the weird thing, you know. It was dry, you know what I mean? So I didn't see nothing. And uh, I, I don't, to, to, you know, to this day, I, I've told my daughter this. I've told my wife this numerous times. And I've told a couple friends, but I really never told anybody else because, like I said, I'm I'm the type of person, if I don't see it, I'm not going to really believe it, you know, myself. Uh, but that was enough for me to believe there was something there. I don't know what it was, you know. Well, I give, probably never know. <laughs> I give props to you for dumping the box. Yeah, well, I I figured I'm a hillbilly. I might as well, you know, get some proof. That's right. You know, it'd be glorious if you'd caught a bigfoot with your four dogs. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was kind of hoping I'd get something there. <laughs> like I I I, I kind of had mixed feelings about how I felt about that about something being shot, but. I think Wes Grimer has kind of changed my mind on it. It's, yeah, let somebody drag this thing in. If there's, let's see what this is. We'll if sacrifice you got a chance one to take, for the benefit of many. And bring it back. Let, yeah. 
that's what I was thinking. You know what I mean? If nothing else, get a picture of it. You know. Yeah, I mean, because he's actually had like run-ins with them, and he's flat out on his podcast, which is a huge podcast, and uh, which is Sasquatch Chronicles, and he's straight up. He has no love for him whatsoever. He's like. They ain't never killed him. He's still here. They probably could have killed him anytime they wanted to. <laughs> but they probably could have. He's, he's all for if if somebody can bring him out for all open, you know, season hunting. But if if there's Get a chance, off. if there's a chance to bring one, bring it. So, hell, dump the box on him. You can't argue well, with that evidence. Uh-uh. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That's that's what I was kind of figuring when I done that. I figure either if it's something bad, it's going to kill me. But you know, at least dogs are on it. You only you live know? once. It's all about the story. That's right. It's all about the story. You remember that old guy got killed by the damn Sasquatch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that would ever end up being a story. But anyway, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. It, something had, for some reason, it got quiet in our headphones and we couldn't hear that, that noise. And we all kind of was wondering if the phone had no, dropped Y'all was wondering. I was over here sipping yeah, green tea, here. bro. I was just listening to you guys. <laughs> oh, well, we was just cutting up, I reckon. So but, you guys don't have nettle down there in the south, I take it. Not <laughs> like not like up there. <laughs> uh, I'm no, not. they're thick here, buddy. Woo. Oh, yeah. Actually, when I knew what they were, I kind of saw some down here at the river bottom, but they were like maybe a, a foot tall. I might say maybe they don't, they don't get but like shin high down here. Like the only people I know that get sent them down here is like kids. They was titty deep <laughs> in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're like out here for adults, you know. Uh, and they're, uh, it's all open woods. If you get into an open, clean woods, it, they're just full of nettle. Do they affect your dogs much? It makes the dogs sneeze and uh, a lot, you know, but it doesn't really affect them none. Well, when it gets cold, do they, like, die down and go away? Or? After the first frost, it kills them. They're one of the first things to go. It, yeah. it just it makes them to where when you do hit them, they don't hurt no more, you know. All right. And then they just fall over and pretty much rot, you know. They, they're one of the things that I – the first thing it's gone, you know, in the fall, but – it's one of those things where we have so many different things here. It's going to grab a hold of you because it's so thick here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and burrs to beat, you know, we have burrs too that get all over you. So yeah, I mean, that's one thing, you know, around here, it seems like it's December, January for all that stuff gone. <laughs> yeah. Except for the briars, you know, the briars are, you ain't getting rid of them. We got a pile of briars. Yeah, we do too. Hey, do y'all, um, I don't know of anybody around here anymore that cooks that, that, that poke salad that's what they always called it poke salad yeah my and, brother-in-law swears by that he's from arkansas that's where i was born at so uh, he, he cooks it and eat, i guess yeah. you eat it like collard greens yeah he he always cooks it with his eggs oh i've been saying i was gonna try them but i don't see enough around i don't come across them often enough to i got you next a lot year. of that here too they just come up in a weed in the yard, and you know, everywhere. That's how they are Even here. Where you ain't mowing. They ain't like Indiana had a forest of them. Yeah, that was. A, yeah. The, I've never seen them. That, them suckers was. They had to be in every bit of ten acre patches. Yeah. I, I want to say they was 
eight, nine foot tall. It seemed like they seemed like looked up. They were never going to stop. Was you talking about poke? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're like that here, too. That's um, wild. And you want to get them as soon as they sprout up. That's whenever people cook them. They, they say as soon as they sprout up out of the ground and they're real short, that's when you want to eat them. I've never ate them myself, but I know a lot of people that do. But tell us, um, what kind of dogs did you grow up hunting? Um, when I first started out, uh, what got me into this, my dad had quit years ago. He was a diabetic and had a lot of health problems, and uh, he got me into it uh, by him talking, and, and I was starting to get interested when I was about 11. My sister was reading uh, Where the Red Fern Grows in school, and uh, I read that book, and I wasn't even in her grade. I was a lot younger than her, and I read that book, and I said, okay, I want to get a I want, I want to get some dogs, you know, and the first thing we got was um, she would have been a red bone cur mix. And at the time, I didn't even know what a cur was because there's no curs up here where I'm at. I'm the only one around really maybe a couple people other than me that have them. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what she was until I got older and she wasn't no account. And then I got a red bone as a rescue. I started out with those two and that's what got me going. And dad had always wanted me to, you know, start the way he did. I started out with a carbide light. And uh, like I said, I'm only 38 years old, but he's, he was old. You know, he's, he just passed away in, in 19 and uh, he was born in 38. But uh, he wanted me to start out the old way. So, so I did, you know, and I carry a flashlight or whatever after the carbide deal. And then finally, um, I'd got an English red tick down in West Virginia, down about central state, uh, at the center of the state i got an english female and from then i met some guys here that were real heavy into walkers and i got into walkers like wild you know and by the time i got 18 19 years old i had 12 of them at one time in the kennel you know um and i had walkers up until i got my first mountain feist and i messed around with them feist for a little bit and for about a year and a half, two years, and I couldn't get none of them to do nothing. They were just dogs that I'd found, you know, on ads and stuff, you know, like Craigslist and that kind of thing. Um, and uh, I finally, I kept my hounds, you know, a little longer. I had an English male, and I had one one walker dog was out of cutter. And uh, I uh, found a guy that was, he stopped by the house there. Just by luck, he stopped by the house and said, hey, you want a walker? And I said, no. I said, what are them dogs in your cab, your truck? Because they were brindle. He said, uh, them mountain curves. I said, I bought one of them. And uh, I bought my first dog off of him, and that's what got me started. And that would, like I said, February be 17 years I've been running mountain curves. Uh, and I left the hounds. When she was 16 years old, she was passing a four-year-old walker. She was just a, you know, go get them, go get treed and stack the tailgate type of dog. We gotta we gotta back up for a minute because you just dropped a name that is near and dear to my heart. Tell me about this cutter dog you had. What what did he do? Uh the the cutter dog. I bought him off a fella. Uh, he's dead now. Uh, I bought him off a guy by the name of Herb Williams down in West Virginia, and uh, I got him as a started dog. I traded some guns for him, and uh, he was a you know at first he was one of those dogs that uh, once you got him. To, to leave your feet he would tree coon and he would stay in the same patch he didn't you know or in the same woods he didn't burn through like his modern dogs do uh and he would tree you know a bunch of coon uh but uh you know if it was a full moon night it seemed like that dog would tree squirrel on me and i never had walkers that i could ever say that would do that you know that i could remember 
and he would he'd slick tree more times than it just pissed me off you know so i had that cur and uh she was out doing him so i sold him to a feller down in um maryland parked in maryland a guy down there by the name of uh dave i ain't gonna disclose his last name but dave bought him and uh he had him up until the day he died but he was a nice dog he was you know he wasn't he wasn't uh he was a blanket back dog he wasn't a uh a mean dog by any means, real nice mannered. You know, like I said, you could keep him in a, in a small woods. If he was hunting a finger somewhere, you know, he'd stay in that woods with you, you know. Um, and he, he hunted out good. He didn't hunt too far. He's a medium hunting dog. Um, but she just stacked the fur way better than he did, and I kept her and sold him. And then I started raising curs ever since. I understand. I was just saying that, man, like, one of my first, my personally, um, like, the first real dog that I owned was off a of cutter. Oh, okay. And I'd love to have another one like him. That ain't no joke. His name was Hillbilly Hank was that dog's name. Hillbilly Hank. Yeah. And uh, before I had that cutter dog, I, I exclusively hunted night heat dogs. Um, I had a slew of them. And then, uh, you know, amongst, you know, being in the dogs the way I was, I, I bought it. I bought a dog off of Pac-Man. He went back to Pac-Man, uh, a male dog. Uh, and then I had, a, I had one male out of Yadkin River. Uh, I don't know what all I had. I, I had one out of Hammer, I, I believe it was. And like my walkers, it's a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit dusty on my walker anymore. <laughs> it's been a while. I haven't had a walker here. Like I said, it's been about 17, almost 17 years, well, about 16 years for walkers. Yeah, those are some old names you're throwing out right there with the night heat. Yeah. Um, um, well, the, the guy that, that I got all them that dogs from, his name was Billy Grimes, and he was big into night heat. Uh, he had uh, a dog by the name of Night Heat Hogan. I owned that dog. It was given to me. Uh, at uh, eight or nine years old, and that's what got me started. And I found a couple females that was was nieces to him, and I had them, you know, for till they got older. And I sold them. Uh, one I went uh, the pair of the females went to New York up around Syracuse. I sold them up there, and I just kept gradually getting younger dogs in as I was breeding, you know, and doing stuff. But uh, like I said, it it lasted a while, you know, with the walkers. And I enjoyed it at the time with my dad, you know, but uh, once he started getting too old, you know, and my buddy's always chasing chasing women and fooling around, I, I haven't missed a season of coon yet in my life. And uh, like I said, I've been hunting since 95. So the, the worst I did was last season where, I, like I said, I hunted three nights. But I haven't missed a season yet. And, uh, and mainly, like I said, I hunt by myself. I have a little girl. I take her out with me. She's 13. Um my wife uh she goes sometimes you know but uh mainly by myself so how many cur dogs you got right now i have uh six cur dogs and i have a mountain feist i just picked a mountain feist up uh from meadow mountain kennels down in maryland uh he's about four months old but yeah i have six dogs six mountain curs right now i'm down some um i had a real <laughs> nice male dog uh, off of them, I bought Chad. I had Chuck hand pick for me, and he died of Lyme's disease. Uh, he was one hell of a coon dog. 
he was one of the best coon dogs I ever walked behind and uh, he got Lyme and I had to put him down. And uh, that kind of messed me up. I have a son and I have his granddaughter and I bred them here. Uh, just uh, right before I bought this feist, I had a litter of pups, you know, it was getting ready to hit the ground and I had them and I had five males off that cross. That would have been uh, uh, jukebox Dewey and honey Creek Louie line bred. Uh, and the, the female, uh, I had sold a full sister to that male dog I have to a guy down in West Virginia. And uh, I was trying to get a pup later on off of uh, Chuck. And all he had at the time, he had a female and he lost her in a litter of puppies. So I, I bought a pup off this guy that bought a dog off me, you know. Uh, and the way he had her crossed, he had bred his female from my kennel to a guy uh, down in West Virginia that, that was, uh, he had a mountain state dog. He was half mountain state and uh, half uh, busher bred, what he was. And uh, that's what this female is. And that litter of pups was, uh, you know, he's uh, pretty well bred. Hmm. Yeah. Because it was a niece to an uncle cross. And like I said, her daddy was mount, off a of mountain state Geronimo. Okay. And uh, her mom was his full sister. And that was, and like I said, I lost all but, but two of them pups. They got into mushrooms while I was cleaning the pen. And it took me a week to figure out what killed them. Hmm. But, uh, I lost all but two. Dang. Yeah, that sucks. I ain't never that's heard of first, that. That's the first time ever happened to me, and I've I've raised uh, quite a few litters of mountain curs. And the mushrooms took them out. Yep. What? I was talking to a, a fellow in Mississippi. He said the same thing happened to him, but he 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 had it figured out. Whenever you know it, he noticed the puppies, he figured out what they did. He found the mushrooms. I didn't notice it. Until, you know, the last puppy got it, you know, and that was, you know, it was too late then. Because it was happening, it seemed like every other day I'd clean the pen and I'd try to keep an eye on them while I was cleaning their pen because I had them out, you know, running in the dog yard there. And I didn't notice nothing. Well, here, uh, up in the weeds above their daddy's pen, there was some mushrooms up there and they got into them and they ate them and killed them. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Be careful. I ain't never heard of such. Yeah, me either. I, I had no idea, you know, that I, for, for, well, you know how puppies are, but for one, I would have never, I'd never have puppies this late anyway, usually in the spring, you know, like, you know, May into June, you know, but I, I never would have thought, and uh, sure enough, but it kind of wiped me out, and uh, I kept one male, I, it wasn't my pick, and uh I, I, he was a nice pup. He had uh, actual uh, working dew claws, like the rear. He had um, the working dew claws on each foot, hmm. front and back, and it widened the base of both of his feet. And uh, I was going to keep him, and after that, it just about made me sick. I sold him. As a matter of fact, I sold him last weekend. He went uh, east of me over uh, next to Laurelville, Pennsylvania, is where he, he went ne uh, near. And uh, the one, the other pup went down into uh, eastern panhandle of West Virginia. What do you think about your little feist pup? Well, I tell you, for years, I, after having them, I, I didn't like them, you know. And my buddy had them, and he, he got them because I had them back in the day, and he kept his. And they were good dogs. We'd, we'd go hunting with my old stock dogs, and, oh, man, we'd treat coon with them. You know, he'd treat right alongside my curs with coon, you know, squirrel. 
I've been a couple run-ins with young coyotes. They were right there pulling fur, you know, chasing coyotes. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they were nice little dogs, but they just didn't have the nose that, that these curs have, you know, and they don't have the range either. Yeah. But they're a nice dog to put in the woods. It's real small, you know. As I got a little Take female a dog, kid. a little mountain feisting. She's the best squirrel dog I've ever been with. And they're, they're bred right. Uh, he's Cadillac. I want to say he's Cadillac Jack bred, and uh, it goes back to Joe Black. And uh, matter of fact, the, the dam of, of this litter that he's out of is uh, one of Johnny Jude's out of West Virginia. It goes back to his dogs. And then the people that have the kennel, they're, like I said, they're Meadow Mountain Feist. They have a Facebook page. And uh, they, they have one, I think he's Cadillac Jack bred. And then the other one, like I said, goes back to Johnny Jude. I'm going to check them out. Yeah, they, they have really nice dogs. They're really nice people as well. But like I said, I, I got him just so I could jam him down in a hole after a coon, you know, if they ever put coons in holes, you know. <laughs> you need you a Patterdale, man. You need you ever looked at the Patterdales? Yeah, yeah, I have. I can't find them around here, so I figured, you know they what? They can't find no Terrier, no Jack Russell, so and he kind of looks like one, so I figured, well, if he, you know, gets gritty enough, I'll just jam him down a hole and pull him out. He probably will. Yeah. That's definitely a feasible idea. Yeah, it is. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you another one that'll kind of get you guys going a little bit. I use air guns to hunt with my dogs. I don't use firearms very much at all anymore. Any particular reason? Couldn't find bullets. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't have a felony or nothing like that. No, uh, I, um, I have friends out in indiana that, that, that use air guns and they they like them because they don't make noise and when you're squirrel hunting if you're shooting at a squirrel I, there's a lot of times in squirrels that are in the area that they're nosy they'll see that squirrel up there dancing around while you're trying to kill it you know and they'll go into that tree too and it just doesn't make noise no one knows any different what you're doing you know if you're out coon hunting no one hears a shot you know and they're not like the little brake barrels you buy at Walmart. These here hold like 4,000 PSI of air. Okay, so you're running the pre-charged pneumatic Yeah, air PCTs, guns. yeah. Okay. Yep. I, I have looked into those, and, man, I just don't want to have to buy me one of them, like, super high-pressure air compressors to pump the stupid thing up or run that. I have one of them as well, and there I got one It was like 400 bucks, and I still have had it over a year, and it's been it's been pretty good but the gun i have i've got it tuned to where i can get about uh, right around 90 shots on a fill and i could use that all weekend you know what i mean without having to fill it up so it really don't you know it don't really hurt me none to use that and uh i started out with them brake barrels and those were nice i mean i killed a lot of coon i have videos on facebook uh of me killing coon with them just one after another uh okay. with a, just a 22 brake barrel you'd buy at dick sporting goods right uh, and I killed a bobcat with that same gun. <laughs> I did shot you, a, a dog's popped up a bobcat and I shot a bobcat out. Did like, you eat it? Cause you should have if you didn't. <laughs> I, bobcat is the best tasting critter I've ever ate. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You should try the bobcat. Never. I've never, that's something I've never tried. Well, I'm telling that's you. That's the only one I've ever treated a dog. A lot of times they get to running around and dogs are, about where you out you lose your dogs you know yeah well if you kill another one eat him at least cut his back straps out because that's what i eat 
It was I awesome. know their, their hide's awful tender on them because that pellet went right through and killed it, you know. Yeah. The meat is too. <laughs> melt, <laughs> cook it too long, it'll melt in a pan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about eating cats. I mean, uh, it kind of sounds like Chinese food or something to me. Well, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it'll make you wonder what house cat tastes like. It tastes so good. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's got some cats, you know. If I get into bobcats, I might have to eat a couple of them for that. Hey, my buddy's wife's got some cats too, and we got her to try a piece. And she said, "She said, what is this? This is the best thing y'all had me try yet." And I was like, "It's bobcat." She said she'd eat it again. (laughs) It didn't freak her out or nothing. She's like, "That's really good, like really, really good." I'm on the trying to grow in numbers here. We're getting a lot of them around. They they kind of coming back down here. We wanting to. We want to get some dogs, try and tree some. But yeah, they are the filet mignon of the woods. Yeah, I don't want my dogs to tree them. <coughs> That's scratchable offense. <laughs> Cur dogs don't get scratched for that, dude. Like, yeah, well, Cur dog can tree anything that climbs. That's meat hounds. That's right. I don't see that's the difference with me. I don't look at it like from a, a meat hound perspective. I mean, damn, you got enough room. You could house like 20 dogs over there. You could have you some serious coon dogs and you could have some meat hounds. <laughs> I'm I don't you. got time for all of that. <laughs> I'm telling you, if mine would tree a deer, I'd shoot it out to him. I mean, I would. I'll shoot anything out to mine. Let him have it. <laughs> but. Well, man, we rocking on about uh, pretty close to, I don't know, maybe 40 minutes, something like that. Yeah, we don't want to. It was good talking to you. We don't want to hold um, you up. I know you're up on the up on the mountain. But go ahead. My car is starting to fog up now. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead and say what you was gonna say. I said my car is starting to fog up now. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, man, give them bobcats a try. You will not I'm be disappointed. Have to try that. You will not be. You'll be like that boy was right. Well, man, when season comes in up there, I hope everything turns around. You have a good season and not fooling around with too many possums and all that junk. Maybe you can get on some cones. I'm sure you'll see me here in about two weeks. You'll see a tailgate load of them. I'll be looking for them. All right, man. Well, you guys take care. You I greatly, me too, I, man. I greatly appreciate you telling us your story, man. Hey, man, I appreciate being on here. All right. Have a good one now. Hey, with hunting season right here upon us and everybody getting their hunting stuff all lined up, getting their boots, their chaps that with waders, uh, their lights, anything, go check out Havoc Hunt Supply. They got all the things you need, all your needs. They got badass apparel. They got spill-proof water bowls. They got chaps. They got garments. They got thermals. And with these hard economic times, all you got to do is put this promo code in. It's at Havoc10 to save 5% on all your purchase, your total purchase. You want to support the show? Go to Havoc Hunt Supplies website. Put that promo code in when you're checking out. Save you some money, man. Or get you a hoodie. Get you a hat. Get some shit you don't need. I mean, a squalder. Yeah, this hunting season, boat. You need you a squalder. Prepare yourself to wreak havoc. You can get you a, a squalder. Anything you need right there, Havoc Hunt Supply. Hit them up, 5% off your purchase. Havoc 10. 10.
All right, man. Let's let's talk about this. The cluster of trees shaking. I didn't. The way it sounded to me, it it was just a tree in the cluster. It didn't sound like he was talking about the entire cluster of trees was shaking the way I heard it. I'm thinking of trees about you know yay big around big around about, your arm about three yeah. inches across the diameter, four inches across the diameter, something like that. That's what I'm thinking. See, I'm I'm the one that's gonna go. Just gonna go with the woo woo. It was a fairy angel. It was something. Now there's a mountain lion eating coyote, bro. <laughs> Could have been. I seen a, a trail cam video of that happening. But you yourself said there was he had two cur dogs that ended up being four experienced dogs that they ran at four hundred yards and it disappeared. And then they put Went and got two more dogs, and he said they tried for two hours to get back on that track, and they wouldn't pick up nothing past where them dogs left that track. Well, then it's obvious it was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Them old-timers sure did believe a mountain lion could pick up its scent. No shit. Yeah, man. They at least swore that them mountain lions could pick up their scent if they wanted to. That's some daggone. Could pick up. That's pick some their Navajo seal. man with your hand be there, bro. That's what. There's a bunch of old time mountain lion hunters like that believe that a mountain lion can pick up its scent if it's whenever it takes a notion to, I guess, when it's being ruined. You got to think like the mountain lion when you're in the bushes, bro. I ain't saying that I believe that. I'm just saying that's what a lot of people claim that a mountain lion can I feel like pick that, up its scent. That dude over in Union that escaped the other month. <laughs> yeah, they tracked him down, couldn't track him and all that shit. He got mountain lion on their ass, bro. Picked him sent up. Man, I should call my buddy Jared. He's got he does that. Really? Yeah, he tracks people. He told me wanna, I kinda wanna do it. He, he did tell like me. It's like that dude, that dude Heath Hyatt that was like, There's I think I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he tried he said that. There's no feeling of a there's there's no feeling that can compare to, to catching a tracking and catching a human being. I feel like if we got up enough money, we could put our money on Nick and be like Nick, you get this money if you trick the dog. Because I could see him doing some extraordinary shit to get away. <laughs> I give him some tips too before I turn him loose. Oh, Jared! Jared told me he said he would Take like to come do that. Nick. Try to it, track somebody? Yeah, he said he can show us how he can take your scent. He'll get you to do whatever. He said, <laughs> nah. he, he said he's got well, a dog. test his ass. Tell him let it get a little warmer. <laughs> we tested him. Why warm? I got Let's one. do it now. I bet he can't track Nick. Not after I coach him up. <laughs> <laughs> what you going to do? You going to teach him like cool hand Luke, put some, put some pepper down well, on the Well, we're going straight to the river, and we're going up it for warm. <laughs> 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 and then after we go up it a ways, we're going to get out, and then we're going to. Cross it again. <laughs> and then we're gonna get out, and then guess what? We're gonna cross it again. <laughs> and then if that don't work, we're hitting them with the pepper. <laughs> Are you gonna you gonna walk up the river? Nick's gonna walk, swim, whatever he's got to do. It's Nick. He'll do whatever I need him to. I'm gonna have to call Jared. We're gonna have to get on that. We need to put. I bet. I bet you there's people out there that'd be willing. Like I bet I can outrun that, out trick that dog. Start putting some money on this. There's got to be more people. This is a good idea. He did. He did. I might have to get me a tracking dog. He told me he tracked a dog one time. I mean, 
this was just one conversation where there was this one guy they tracked him to exactly in like into town and to the end of a sidewalk to where they felt off. somebody picked him up right there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that, that was but, but I think the dude dropped a receipt or something that had his sin on it. They picked their receipt up, and then that kind of led to the next thing, to the next thing, and then they ended up busting his ass. See, he wasn't smart. But you they tracked him. Line. You got to have that mountain line in you, bro. You got to pick that scent up. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how that would be possible. It's some I just don't bro. I don't know how that could be possible unless there's something, stuff. something to that mountain. That's, that's weird, dude. I've never heard – I, which I hadn't listened to all of the Dale Lee tapes. I hadn't listened to all of them. Mm-hmm. I had never heard him say that. But that's kind of weird that he says that. That a mountain lion picked their sin up. That's, that's now, see, of people that believe I, that, man. I think, you know, uh, he might have rolled up on like two sassies bumping nasties up in that tree. I didn't think, I forgot about that. He talks about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say, that don't, that don't sound right to me, but okay. He had a moaning. Sounds like a lot of money to be made to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but there we'll ain't the National Geographic. But if you say that there ain't nothing that two cur dogs can't put up a tree or cannot track or bay or tree or catch, say it's alien. Then you got something going on because you had four that couldn't handle it. Maybe it wasn't shit. Maybe it was his imagination. Then, but the dogs left out on something. Oh. Said they, he said he dumped the box. He didn't know what it was, didn't put his light on it. He just dumped the box on it. I don't know, man. You hear about bobcats tricking dogs. Putting a hoodoo on them. I feel like yeah. it probably was I mean, a bobcat. Might have been two bobcats. Maybe. I mean, mountain lions trick the dog. I ain't saying mountain lions can pick their sin up just because that doesn't seem natural. i just telling you that there are people that believe mountain lions can pick their sin up. Come on, Dustin, believe in some crazy shit one time. Believe. You believe, believe, man. But, I mean, scent conditions change from minute to minute, dude. I mean, so I you definitely hear of dogs being tricked by felines, let's say bobcats or mountain lions or whatever. So just because they was on the track don't necessarily mean you're going to run the track to completion. But what about that gun he hunts with? He said he hunts with one of them compressed air guns. Yeah, pre-charged pneumatic. Yeah, that's it. It thinned the deer population around here. PCP. I thought about it. I ain't looked There's them PCP up. I started to look here, them up. <laughs> they, I've looked into them before. They seem really neat, but it's basically you're toting a scuba tank with an air rifle attached to it. It's basically what it boils down to. Or like a paintball tank. Yeah. yeah. That's permit permanently affixed to this gun and you got to put air into it with either a scuba tank or a hand pump or a high pressure air compressor and then you fill it up and shoot it till it's and out let them have it and then you got to <laughs> fill it up again so you, then you got to take it back to the paintball place and tell them you need to fill it up Nah, see it, it don't run off of co2 you know paintball guns ran off of co2 and until the later in originally and then later, paintballers started going to compressed air because it was cheaper. That's what my son has, one like that. And you can take it to the paintball place and have it filled up. Yeah. Well, even like 
like fire departments and stuff have them high pressure compressors that they fill their their tanks with that they on their respirators. So, man, I wanted, I was hoping we was going to have an Apple review to read today. We don't got no Apple review. Hadn't had one in the last two episodes. We follow them, Bo. Man, we follow keep, them, keep them Apple reviews coming. We need to keep them al- algorithms bumped up. Did you look it up? We didn't have no new ones. Yeah, last one was from September the 29th, oh, and it is no. November the 3rd. Oh, no. We following in popularity. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, y'all. Hey, we got a couple more. We got a few episodes recorded in the in the holding tank. Got a few more to record, but we got enough that's going to take us out for the rest of this year. And then some to work on for the beginning of next year that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Trying to make some contacts and a few messages here and there. Trying to make everything, some of those happen. But I guess... Uh, Man, we got to – let's see. By the time this comes out, there's going to be uh, that youth hunt in Edgefield will be this Saturday. So, we don't know how slim or any of the rest of them youths do on that at that Youth. one. Them mutes, man. Yeah, them mutes. That old cooter Lawson. <laughs> got him. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a shout out. Ryan got him a hunting buddy. Big old youngin. Hell yeah, I had to get somebody to pick my big ass up. Like, man goes down. <laughs> man down. <laughs> I feel slammed through my damn coon like this night and shattered it. <laughs> what did Clayton say? He wasn't with me. He wasn't with me. No, I was with Jordan. It was after the uh, after we had that little gathering. Clean up. Clean the coon club up. Your boy fell through a damn stump hole and then threw his damn coon like. <laughs> He's got it hanging on his chest now. <laughs> he, don't got a, he don't got a hat no more. But anyways. You got anything, Dustin? Anything you want to talk about? Anything we need to go over? No. Nah. I appreciate old guy from Pennsylvania getting in touch with me about that crazy event that happened. He don't know what it was. If we knew what it was, it wouldn't have been a story. That's right. But could have been something natural. Could have been something crazy. You never know. But that song going to put the juke and the jiving on the jukebox, whatever it was. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I guess he did. Whatever it was. Whatever it was, it juked and jived on the jukebox. And there ain't very many critters that can juke and jive on a jukebox, dog, from what I'm understanding. From what I've been told. I think I'm going to call them and get me one. You ain't going to breed? Man, breeding ain't no guarantee. Just like when she didn't lock up with H2 last year. But if I call and get on the list for a puffy... I didn't have one ship down here. I think I'm going to just order me one. Like Billy Coleman? Like Billy Coleman. I heard that. Just hopefully it ain't going to come on on the, on the train. And hopefully get, somebody, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully get somebody to bring that something down here for me. Well, there well, we may know a fella. That's what I'm hoping. Anyway. If all hearts and minds are clear, just like the, just like the pastor used to do at church on Sunday nights, if all hearts and minds are clear, somebody want to say the benediction? <laughs> Ryan looked at me like, oh, what is that? Yeah, we didn't do that at the Baptist church I grew up in. They like what? They don't bend at the Baptist church. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't do that at the church. Oh, y'all, 
Bills? I about choked on my dip pouch. Your what hey, pouch? My dip. Oh. <laughs> Grizzly wintergreen pouches. Okay. I about choked on it. Might need to bleep some of that out. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to bleep out is the F-bombs you dropped at the beginning. Because his mama listens. <laughs> <laughs> like she don't ever hear him drop F-bombs at home. I know he's going to be grabbing his youngins, youngins up. Those youngins that listen to this shit. Well, see, there's a warning at the very beginning. It says, warning, some material may not be suitable for children. I know, but it makes me feel bad. He's like, well, if you feel bad, maybe don't say it as much. I know. I, well, I thought my homeboy would edit some of that stuff <laughs> I do out. Bleep, I do bleep the F-bombs out. I bleep all them out. He needs to edit a little better. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I'm about to start holding back. <laughs> Reserved. You can't do it because it comes to your mind and comes out your mind. But see, that sucks to just be so reserved. Edit a little bit better. <laughs> I do edit. I do edit. <laughs> Unless you're talking about screwing monkeys. I'm about to start charging y'all. <laughs> it's about to cost big money. Rated R, Ryan. What about little money? Rated Rhino. <laughs> the Rated R Superstar. <laughs> Ryan from Bonds Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he's gonna be, the rated R superstar from Bonds Crossroads. Anyway, man, y'all keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is htpodinfo at gmail.com. That is h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you with all your coon hunting stories that include the creepy crazy and the unexplained. Until next time, keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all.